Yeah, if any of our listeners would like to buy me a new microphone, <laughs> I would not I would not say no. Technical difficulties before recording this show. Jay's out here thinking about starting his OnlyFans page, but it's actually just him sitting in front of fans. They're his OnlyFans. They're my OnlyFans. I mean, there I... is one in your in the frame of your video chat there. There's one for me too. There is, yeah, right, right there above me. I thought I turned it on, but apparently I didn't, <laughs> which is fine. Well, we'll uh... look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Welcome to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me here is my co-host, Mueller. John Mueller. I, I pulled out my finger gun and shot the webcam, but obviously, you know, since this is audio... Uh, I don't know, do I need to make the little circle lost. and, like, move it oh, around? Oh, it's too early for that. Stop it. <laughs> How are you doing, John? You know, today I'm a little bit tired. I had one of the uh, later nights of my recent gaming career last night yeah so right now it is saturday morning uh call of duty came out yesterday and i was sitting at work thinking about all the call of duty i was going to play and i realized i still had to watch two episodes of the mandalorian (laughs) oh wow you hadn't been you hadn't caught up well i didn't watch the one last week because i knew we were going to talk about them both right so i was like oh i'll wait until closer to recording and it'll be more fresh and I regret that decision uh, because we can talk about that later. But I was up until I think two in the morning. Wow. But it was the craziest thing about it is so, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I stream on Twitch and I play lots of video games even off stream. But I've talked on the pod a little bit about how my other big fandom right now is Nashville SC. And I last night I actually played with one of the MLS players until two in the morning. No way. Yeah. That is really cool. And you so, told him about the show. You know, I didn't. I'm wanting to to ingratiate myself more into the, the friend group there. I don't want to join and just try to be like, hey, yeah, I do this. And there's hey, this other thing. Placement. And like, <laughs> yeah. So I want to I wanna get in first. Yeah. Before I start being like, oh, hey, you all like actually don't hate me. Well, have you heard my podcast? You know what would be really cool is if on your Twitch you started putting like a little handle, started putting our our like Instagram handle like in the corner or something. I do have I do have a custom command uh, in my Twitch chat. If you do exclamation point podcast, it links the Facebook page. Oh, that's awesome. The 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 sad part about that is I don't think anyone's ever used it other than me because I my my chat is typically not the most active yet. But consistency, consistency, work on, you know, just getting more streams out there, more streams, more viewers, maybe. I don't know how I don't know how that works, but So what'd you think of COD? So last night I'm I am very excited for the campaign. I have not started it yet, but there was a graphic content warning opening the game right, oh, wow. at the, right at the main menu wow right out of um, the gate yes and the first time i remember that being in call of duty was modern warfare 2 
Yeah. With the, the, uh, the controversial mission, no Russian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it just kind of has me a little bit worried <laughs> about what it's going to be this year. Because there was some messed up stuff in, in Modern Warfare 2019. But, I mean, there still was the graphic content warning. Yeah. So I am I am just very curious what that's going to be. Multiplayer, it's um, it's not super polished. In the time it's taken us to have this conversation, I could have thrown one grenade because to pull the the grenade animation in this game, you have to like pull it out from your belt, pull the pin, lean back, and throw it like your daggum Clayton Kershaw. So I've died mid grenade throw at least fifteen times. It's That's very frustrating. Upsetting. But I mean, it's it's gonna get better. You know, there'll be patches. There'll be DLC. There'll be new maps. They'll take. They'll mess with the map rotation. Like it'll it'll grow. It'll get better. It it came out yesterday. I don't expect it to be perfect. Well, let's go ahead and jump straight into the news because we've got a lot to cover today. Um, so on the news this week, we've got uh, first up, Johnny Depp has been fired from Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. He will still be asking that question because he's no longer going to be making those movies or starring in them, rather. I imagine if you were to ask him if you took Fantastic out of the Beasts and you made a different adjective, he might have a different answer, but I don't want to get into that. So for those who don't know, he was fired because he was accused of beating his wife. I'm not, you know, I any of these charges I tend to, you know, I don't hold as truth. Like I, I, I truly believe that everybody's innocent until proven guilty. So there's not... You know, there's no evidence to support it right now, but just because he's been accused of it, Disney, or not Disney, but Warner Brothers has uh, pulled the plug on him, so he's no longer going to be doing those movies. At the same time, though, I do think it's important to realize that victims of situations like that, it's it's a weird, it's a, not a weird, it's a fine line to walk for me, because like you said... I want to treat everyone as innocent until proven guilty. But you also want to believe victims of situations like that. Because, I mean, even celebrities, like celebrities or, or people down the street, it takes so much courage to come up in that conversation and be like, hey, this is a thing that's happened to me. I mean, kind of like you're alluding to, there have been so many, just to use the, the colloquial boy that cried wolf moments, that kind of like where you are, you don't know how much credence to give every allegation. So I like for me personally, I, I kind of am in the middle of like, I don't want to think that he did it, but I also don't want to think she would lie about it. And it's a tricky point because obviously one of those points is wrong and either either he did it or she's lying about it. And that's just it's a bad feeling, but I feel like that's better than just automatically assuming like one of these people is a terrible person. And, and so I... That's why I try, like, I, I don't accuse the, I don't, the accuser, like, I don't say, oh, you're lying. But at the same time, I don't say, well, he completely, he did it. I just kind of like, well, I guess we won't really know until the facts come out. Just sitting on the sidelines like, oh, okay. But I know it is, it happens all the time and it is very upsetting. Uh, it's been happening. I know it's been happening a lot more since this quarantine stuff. You know, people being locked, locked in for a long time. So it, it's a. It's a scary situation for sure. We should probably do, we could do like a, not a Me Too movement, but I know there's a lot of um, organizations out there that encourage, you know, speaking out 
against that. We should support one of those sometime. Yeah, it might be I mean, a good you idea. Just have to do have to do the right research. Yeah, because I mean, just because they this is me being a cynic, but just because <laughs> there's a a nonprofit that says they support something and they are fairly well known for it, that doesn't mean they actually do. No, you're absolutely right. So. Yeah, and especially if we've got one that's local, that would be even better. Well, moving on from that, um, Joker is rumored to be in the Snyder Cut uh, Justice League that is scheduled to come out next year. So and by, we might by be Joker, by Joker, in this context, you do mean Jared Leto. Yes, that is Excellent. correct. I, you know, people people trash his Joker a lot in the Suicide Squad movie. But I mean, if we if we go back and rewatch that movie sometime, which I would not be opposed to, because I think I have a Blu-ray downstairs. If you go back and rewatch that movie, he does not have a whole lot of screen time. He doesn't, and from what I've heard, he got really upset because there were actually a lot more scenes with him in it that they didn't include in the movie. I believe that. I'll believe that. So he was actually really upset because he's like, well, here I am spending all this time on set doing all these scenes and you barely used any of them. Yeah. I mean, which of the actors in that movie have won an Oscar? Oh, yeah. Him. So. That's right. Well, kind of spinning off from that, uh, the Snyder Cut could end up getting a sequel. Uh, Zack Snyder said that he already had plans for a sequel involving Darkseid. And since Darkseid is going to be involved in this remake this Snyder cut, there's a possibility that they could go ahead and make a sequel to it. I guess depending on how well it does. That's so odd to me because you're taking this like defunct movie, right? So Snyder cut is going to be at best a good version of a bad movie. And like Affleck is already out, right? He wouldn't come back for a Snyder cut too. I wouldn't expect. Well, so I don't know if they could get if they could get the the cast back, then, yeah, I, I, I'd i be on board because I think Batfleck is actually pretty underrated. If it's just like a if it's a Spaceballs to the search for more money type of situation, I don't know how I'll feel about that because like fans get exploited so much as it is. And a lot of it fans also enable themselves to be exploited. But again, that's a more of a conversation for another time, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like uh Affleck could come back if I think part of the reason he dropped out was because that movie did so poorly and so many of the fans got so upset with it that he was thinking, yeah, I, I don't want to be a part of this if it's not going to be a success, which I, I don't really blame him. Um, I mean, he's he's been in a bad comic book movie before. What was he expecting? I guess he was just hoping to redeem himself. <laughs> There's a reason we haven't seen Eric Bana in another comic book movie, have we? Not that I can think of. Because he was in Star Trek 2009, and he was really good. But Star Trek fans and comic book fans are similar, but not the same. Well, jumping from DC to Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy rumored to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Um, at the very least, Chris Pratt is going to be in that movie. We might end up seeing more of the Guardians. Who knows? Maybe a rocket or a Groot. He's just, he's just traveling around space with a tree. Because, <laughs> I mean, teenage Groot. Groot was teenage in, in Endgame, right? He was. So by the time it gets to Love and Thunder, he might be back to like what he was in the first Guardians movie. Possibly. Just this like 
depends junior, on how much time is redwood passed. yeah yeah he could be a, a young adult young adult Groot that is having a hard time with his taxes Le- learning that bills <laughs> are no Groot? joke i am Groot. yes that's a schedule c because you're self-employed as a superhero that's the one you need to fill out <laughs> uh, adult jokes oh man i think th- i think that's the right tax form for self i don't know adulting no, jokes he'd be he i wonder if the avengers are all like they get 1099s because they're like contractors they're contracted through <laughs> the government i mean sokovia accords that's probably what they were going toward except you know not paying them the, you don't think they were gonna pay him no <laughs> they were already doing it at a negative cost that's true they were costing everyone money because they demolish cities they're not gonna pay them more to demolish more cities you know, unless it's ever... like, unless it's like there's a there's a bonus like because the big climactic fight in Endgame was out in the middle of nowhere at their their upstate New York compound, so it's like, hey, here's a couple million dollars if you just fight in the middle of a desert, like get this away from everybody. Did they Some type have of bonus. a comic run like a what if if all the Avengers had actually signed the accord and had been working for the U.S. government? Like, was there a comic series like that? Like a like a what if, if Civil War didn't happen? Yeah. And Cap was fine with it? I I wouldn't be surprised if there was, but to my knowledge, like, I don't know about it. Because that's something I might look up, because that would be interesting to read. Because then on top of that, like, you know all their uniforms would probably reflect the U.S. in some way. So, like, you know, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, like, all of them would be wearing almost like a captain america style uniform instead of his purple stretchy pants hulk has like a like a stars and stripes speedo or i was just thinking (laughs) like a stars and stripes like boxers almost nope i'm going one step further that's his that's his tinder picture and it just says hulk smash oh gosh (laughs) so wrong on so many levels Oh my gosh. So Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, let's go to that. Um, he's to star. Uh, there's rumor that he's going to be starring in a spy series on Netflix. I'm not. I, this just caught my attention because I like Schwarzenegger. I thought I think he's really cool. But to be in a show on Netflix, I just found to be very interesting. I mean, a spy show on like. I need I need more to go off of than Schwarzenegger Netflix spy show before I try to have an opinion. That's it. That's all I got. Because if it's like he's gonna try to be Jason Bourne, then no, that's not yeah, that, going to that work. That would not work. <laughs> but if it's more of like a Mission Impossible team based spy premise, then I think that could work with Schwarzenegger as a focal point. But he was never like the most suave or stealthy uh, action hero. No, he's pretty bulky. He was definitely like, I'm going to walk up to you and punch you in the face. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I have decently low expectations for that. Yeah, I know Netflix, the shows there, I've said before, are usually hit or miss, and they're usually a whole boatload of misses. So, yeah. Which we watched. See, although, I would say, speaking of one of their hits that I haven't watched, I just know it by reputation. I did see Umbrella Academy got confirmed for a third season. I saw that too. It's still weird to me that Umbrella Academy is based on a comic 
written by the My Chemical Romance guy. Uh, well, that makes a lot of sense now. Okay. See, the, I didn't even know that. Yeah. The the lead singer of My Chemical Romance wrote Umbrella Academy. Huh. That's very interesting. Yeah. Think about that. Because they're, I mean, at this point, they're a band that's one of those, like, cult-following bands from people our age. Yeah, for real. But also, like, he has the, he had the, I think he might, I don't know if he drew it as well or if he just wrote it. But I, I read that and I was very impressed because, like, people who are creative enough to do one thing are impressive people who are enough to do another thing at the same high level it's a whole nother ball game yeah so is he involved with the show as well i think to a to an extent probably not as much as anyone wants him to be um but he also again might come back to the money he might just be too expensive to have like super super involved i don't know maybe it's like a passion project and he's like i don't want you all to mess this up so i'm gonna be here for free I don't know if it's worth checking out. If any of you, the listeners, have watched this or even read it and you enjoyed it, please share. Let us know. We'd like to hear. But uh, WandaVision confirmed for January 15th, 2021. Yay! I'm so I'm so upset that that's the first show. Yeah, I was hoping for... I want Soldier. Falcon Winter Soldier yeah. so bad. Yeah. But I'm also, like, a little antsy about wandavision just because i don't know how like trippy it's gonna be because it's gonna be wanda messing with reality and i don't know how like experimental the show is gonna be in the sense of like so i don't, I think i described it like this when we did our mcu in review how dr strange is effectively just iron man but on mushrooms so i'm just worried about how like is wandavision going to be kind of that same vibe because i don't i don't know that i'm necessarily here for that i'll watch it because duh but i don't know i do believe that it's going to expand more on the marvel cinematic universe and we're going to re have some some stuff revealed that's going to be pretty shocking like for example i know one thing that's swirling right now that a lot of people are talking about is that mutants could be introduced in this show mm -hmm. because there is a in the trailer at least there's a scene where wanda and vision have a have children in mm -hmm. their arms and so they're like that could be fake but at the same time that could be that they actually had children yeah. um which you know she has two children and they're both mutants and you know they're saying that the mutants could be a real thing because, you know, they, they've looked at the end of, let's see, was it Civil War or Winter Soldier, where in the end credits we see Scarlet Witch and uh, Quicksilver? It's earlier than that because they play into Ultron. Oh, right. So it must have been Winter Soldier then, because Ultron is after, I'm confused, I'm I'm yeah, my, messing up my, my timeline. timeline. Is messed up. I'm gonna look. Well, anyway, in one of those movies, they introduce the two of them, and they give the the illusion that Loki's staff is what was used to make Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, but they don't say it directly. They just say they just kind of make you go, oh, okay, so they used Loki's staff to create these superhumans. 
But there's also a way that they could squeeze in the mutant idea with that there's a possibility that their genes already had the X gene in it. And then the Loki staff just awakened and unlocked that gene. So the idea is, is that the gamma radiation from the staff did that. And so now they're saying with all the snaps that happened during the two-part event that we had with all the Avengers, then that could have set off just a tidal wave of exogenes being awakened and the mutant gene becoming a real thing. So the mutants could start being introduced. It was Winter Soldier. Okay. And also, this is something that when we were thinking about like WandaVision messing with reality, I wonder if this is going to be... And it's going to be, it's going to have to be handled very delicately because obviously, could this be where they kind of introduce the transition of Black Panther? They could. Just yeah, as one of just... the, as one of the realities. They're just like, oh yeah, uh, something, something happened. They'll do it better than that, obviously. They'll, I, I don't know. I just, I need them to handle it so well because Chadwick Boseman deserves that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, well... You know, having a multiverse just opens so many possibilities. Like, you could really do anything with that. So, yeah. But um, last little bit of news I got, and this actually came out a long time ago. I don't know why I didn't talk about it before, uh, but I I think it's kind of ridiculous. But, you know, one thing that we've made very clear on this show is that WB, Warner Brothers, DC Comics, they love to... They just, to me, it seems like they jump the gun and they think that something's going to be a lot more successful than what it's going to be. Uh, So we've already been told that they might make a Batman TV series based off of the new Batman with Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. And they are also going to be doing a Peacemaker series coming to HBO with Cena, John Cena. I will say that the the thing that worries me about that is what kind of fate does that forebode for him in the movie? Because I don't think there's any chance that that show can come out before the movie. I, no. it can't. It can't happen. No, he, the movie's got to be his introduction. So is it? But does that mean he's going to live? Well, I mean that's what. Or that would, would it be? Would it be a Black Widow situation when it's like, oh yeah, you already know about this character. Here's what they were doing. Oh yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, it could so, be that. Because I mean, from what I remember of the the bigger reveal events recently, with that big DC thing, I forgot what it was called. I want to call it like DC and you fandom. Like a, yeah, that's equally as dumb as what I said. <laughs> He did. Cena's character does not really have the strongest impression. Like he seems like he's going to be a jerk. So it's going to be interesting. It's like if you made a Deadpool show, but you made him not likable. And yeah, I just I could see that. I have low expectations for a show with that premise. I mean, I like John Cena. Oh, I just I do. don't know if he can carry a show. Oh, I absolutely think he can carry a show. Oh, okay. I just don't know if he can carry that show. I mean, he hmm. carried WWE for years. Well, well yeah, that's true. <laughs> And you know they'll just have guest stars of wrestlers, like, the whole time in every episode. But not even as characters. It's just, like, Stone Cold is just his sidekick for an episode. Yeah. You know I would watch that. Then he gets killed off. No. 
You can't kill. You can't kill Stone Cold. No, you introduce another WWE star like every episode, and he's like, "Hey, I got this new sidekick," and then he gets killed off. That'd be kind of funny. Stone Cold superpower is catching beers. Completely useless in a fight, but he's also Stone Cold, so I mean, he's not completely useless in a fight. So that's uh, that's some stuff that's going to be coming out here in the next year or so. But uh, other than that, that is it for news. So if you have anything else that you thought was interesting, uh, listener, feel free to reach out, post it on the, well, no, I don't think you can post publicly on the Facebook page, but you can always comment on stuff, message us. Yeah. Do you want to, I think I want to, I want to try out a new segment. I feel like I mentioned it to Jay before and we forgot about it. So I'm going to see how this goes. I love hypothetical questions. Okay. Because me at my core, I'm a thinker. So it's, it's sometimes it's really good. Like I ask questions at work and I just want to know and understand things, but sometimes it's bad when it's three o'clock in the morning and I can't go to sleep because my brain won't turn off. But in that vein, like I said, I love hypothetical questions and inside of nerddom, specifically like the comic book realm, there are so many that are just so fun to just sit back, think about, just chat with your buddies Jay is my buddy, so we're we're sitting here chatting. Jay, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Yes. Okay. Uh, any superpower, I would definitely have to go with telekinesis. Okay. Uh, why? And what would you use it for? Okay. Why? I just think that that would because with telekinesis, that means that you can move stuff with your mind. So. I like that idea because then there's lots of different things you could do with that. First off, you'd be able to throw objects at people or things. You could then also throw people themselves if you needed to. But then on top of that, you could also move yourself, in which case you could fly. So it's not just like, yeah, you're getting telekinesis, but you're also getting several other powers in there too. That's fair. That's very versatile. Um, and then piggybacking off of that, hero, villain, or bystander? Oh, man. I mean, naturally, just because of my personality, I'm going to have to go with hero. So for me, and again, I'm a thinker. I think about stuff like this way more often than I really need to. I would go with uh, Wolverine's healing factor. Just that specifically? Well, I mean, the, the adamantium isn't necessarily a superpower. Right, that's true. It was kind true. of grafted onto his skeleton, not really by choice but kind of by choice it's kind of vague depending on which canon you use but if i can assuming i can only pick one then yes just the healing factor okay because my feet suck and (laughs) i want them to not suck (laughs) so would you cut off your feet and let them regrow no i don't want a deadpool wearing baby shoes situation (laughs) um and especially like with the way this year has gone seeing how you know, various things have happened to various people, whether it's age, sickness, pandemic, whatever. If you have the mega healing factor that Wolverine does, guess what? You're going to live through most things a very long time. That's true. I think the only thing that truly kills him is decapitation. And even then, like, what if, like, what if you, like, separate him and he his head grows a new body and the body grows a new head? And then there's two, you have a clone. Hmm. I don't think that's how that would work, but... I'm bringing it up so we can talk about it. And then for me, hero, villain, or bystander, I would go with like reluctant hero, but I would try to be bystander. 
just because telekinesis, you can do a whole lot. But if all you can do is heal and you don't have like super strength or any other like abilities to go along with that, a complementary, that's the word I was looking for. If you don't have any complementary abilities, you're just going to like die a lot. It's going to be like that uh that Tom what was it Tom Cruise movie Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just keep, keep coming back and you keep coming and back. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, that is a maybe, severely underrated movie. Maybe he's going to get tired, but it's like a no, it's a it's Doctor Strange and Normammu. He's just going to get tired of killing me long enough <laughs> that I'm going to win. That's right. So the healing factor, so telekinesis and Wolverine's healing fact powers. But and again, I think about this a lot. If I could have the powers of any one superhero. Oh, yeah. Martian Manhunter, hands down. Because he can fly. He can live in space. He's intangible. He's super strong. There's probably even two or three that I'm forgetting. Oh, shape-shifting. Yeah, he can do that too. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, and theoretically, can't he beat Superman? Like 1v1, can't he beat Superman? Yeah, I don't think he can beat him, but Superman, I remember in one comic, said specifically that he's the closest being he's ever fought to being as strong as him. I think he could beat him. Probably. I know Shazam can, just because of the magic factor. Yeah, yeah. Superman's like one of his two weaknesses. Magic and kryptonite. (laughs) Magic and this rock we made up so he would have a weakness. Yep. Well, you know, back in the day, what are you going to do? That's fair. What what, what 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 is weakness? Ah, radioactive rock from his home world. There we go. Didn't his home world blow up and it's like really, really far away? Yeah. Don't think about it. So what are the, isn't it like infinitesimal, the chance that any of this mag, like radioactive rock would land on this planet? Well, at the same time, though, if he landed on our planet, then there had to have been some pieces of his home world that were also, but at the same time, I guess he was like, they planned on him landing there. It wasn't by accident. Yeah. So for me, imagine throwing like a bucket of golf balls, right? Mm-hmm. How many of those golf balls land in the same place? Maybe like none. So imagine throwing those golf balls from here to like Jupiter. <laughs> like none of how them are probably of, even going to hit Jupiter. How many of those golf balls are going to land in the same place? Yeah. If any. It's just, it's so unlikely that any kryptonite, much less, I don't know, 80 years worth of creative materials kryptonite would land here. But that's me being bitter that they had to create weaknesses for Superman. And Batman just is human. That's his weakness. It is what it is, I guess. But uh, that was fun. Thanks for that. Yeah. I like, and I mean, like I said, there's so many hypotheticals specifically in nerddom. Like, I think that's a fun little, a fun little segment we can have. And we can try to relate to the audience with like, you know, audience, what superpowers would you have? Let us know. Um, you know, we could just comment that or make a, make a post for that. Yeah, we could post that. Maybe I just do thought that it'd on, be on our Instagram too. Good going forward for the content. Yeah. I like that. Well, should we get into the main topic or do you want to talk about Mandalorian first? Mandalorian first. Always go with the appetizer and then the entree. All right. So Mandalorian, we've got two episodes that we're going to be, re- uh, going over today. The first episode is the passenger and the second episode is the heiress. I have no idea what it was called. The I watched air, it like it was the air like something one in the morning. I can't remember. I'll anyway, uh, so the first episode, the passenger. So it's a continuation of what we saw before, where Mando has just. By the way, just 
so everybody knows, we are not a spoiler-free podcast at all. We just go right into it. So just a heads up there. So the previous episode ended where Mando destroyed a dragon, acid-throwing-up dragon, walks away unharmed. He walks away with Boba Fett's armor, which then we possibly see Boba Fett in the background as he's leaving. So that was exciting. So the next episode really is just a continuation straight from that. And he finds himself back at his ship and they ask him if he would please take a passenger who is a frog lady who has some eggs in her backpack tank thing. And they're like, hey, you're going to this planet. Would you please take her with you? Here's the catch. You can't go light speed because light speed apparently will destroy these eggs. I was a little confused about that, but hey, whatever. That is the plot. Didn't really care too much for this episode. It really didn't do much except kind of move the story along a little bit, I guess. What do you mean didn't care too much for this episode? I hate this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Because for for a couple of reasons, I can get into it or you can continue explanation. Let me continue explanation because there's not really much more to say. And then we can you can go into why you hated the episode. But he he, going through space. We got two X-Wings that pull up beside him. They're like, hey, you're going through an area where you need a code. This is like a Clone Wars ship and so a code wasn't required at that time and they're like well this is a new time new era you have to get a code and he's like all right well i'll do that uh bye but then they're like nope you got to give us more than that and then they find out that he's like a wanted person and so they start chasing him down uh he goes lands on an ice planet not sure which one it is but he goes down and crashes the ship to 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 protect them. But at the same time, it like really messed up his ship really bad. So he's trying to repair his ship and they decide to explore some of the caves. Well, this was the kind of cool part. They introduced the spiders that we meet in Rebels where uh, can you remember Ezra and Kanan? Is that yeah, his name? Um, yeah, it was Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. Yeah. And they Freddie um, Prince Jr. and so it's true that was his voice yeah no you're right uh and so they they say that you know that the these spiders are here they chase them down and they get saved by the same x-wing people that tried to destroy them hey we're not going to help you out but get a code and then they just fly away and so they cram into the cockpit of the ship they get going. That was the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. And then in the meantime, Yoda eats. Baby Yoda eats maybe four of the baby eggs <laughs> through the course of the episode. Honestly. And that was it for that episode. So one of the reasons that I that I don't like this episode, um, this is the first time to me that the child has been just incredibly unlikable because he just he's eating these eggs and Mando tells him multiple times, like, hey, don't do the thing. And the child's like, you told me not to do the thing. So I'm going to do the thing. And it's just like, you little twerp. So that, that was frustrating to me because I feel like he should know better. But also, spiders. So many spiders. So many. As soon as they got to the, the scene in the hot springs and, the ch- and Baby Yoda peels open the first pod 
and it was a spider, I looked around and I was like, oh, no. Because you know how it's going to go. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, one of them's going to hatch. And then, like, eight of them are going to hatch. And then they're all going to hatch. And then the mom is going to show up. And then, yeah, and then there's going to be Shelob from Lord of the Rings appear out of nowhere. Which and is, boy did it. Which is how that felt. It also kind of felt like Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. Why did Ooh. it have to be spiders? Oh my gosh, that's that's how I felt. Honestly, solely... And like, I'm not... Like, arachnophobia is not my biggest fear, but it's on the list. It's one so of like, them. So like, if I see a spider in my house, I'm not going to like it. You know, it's not the spider's house. The spider doesn't pay the mortgage. It's my house. <laughs> Freeloader, get out of here. But at the same time, like, if I see a big spider, like, yeah, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> so seeing these spiders, I mean, what would you what would you compare them to? Like the size of an above ground pool? Yeah, they were they were pretty large. They were massive. I mean, seeing the biggest that... one was it as big as the ship. Yeah. And the ship is not small, but it just it made me uncomfortable. And I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. I also didn't enjoy the child being a twerp. Um, so for me, this episode is like a like a four out of ten. Me too. And, I, I put it at maybe a five, uh, only because they're doing exactly what I think most people have wished they would do for a long time, which is bring some of the animated stuff over to the live action. Uh, which you know, this is the first step. But they they bring the spiders in from Rebels, which I thought was exciting. Yeah, I much prefer how they did that in the second of the of the episodes we'll talk about today, which you were correct. It is called the Heiress. Okay, I'll let you go into that one. So it's uh it's direct. This episode is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, the previous episode, actually, the Spider episode, was directed by Peyton Reed, who directed both of the Ant Man movies. Little I- fun little fun fact for you. And I do want to say, too, before we go any further, Howard, um, what's her name again? Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. She, in my opinion, last season, the best episodes I feel like were directed by her. Which ones does she do? She did, like, the one with the AT-AT, and they saved the village. Okay. Like, that was one of them that, that she was a, did. That was a good one, yeah. And then I want to say... I can't remember which ones she did, honestly, but I can look it up while you're talking about it. Yeah. So the episode starts and Mando's beat up, compromised hull of a ship is attempting to land on just a a very oceanic planet. Yes. And for those of you who, who don't know, Bryce Dallas Howard is the daughter of Ron Howard, one of the better American directors of the past, I would say like 30 years. And this episode starts off with a very similar scene to Apollo 13. It does. Um, and I saw on Twitter this morning, someone like tweeted the, the side-by-sides of um, Mando landing on this planet and the Apollo 13 capsule coming back to Earth. And Bryce, How- Bryce Dallas Howard quote tweeted it and she said like, yeah, I, I did that on purpose. It's absolutely an homage to my dad. And that's really cool because Apollo 13 is a really, really good movie. And to see basically the same scene done Star Wars is really cool. So he, he all but crash lands on this on this water planet, gives a guy some money to try to fix his ship, whatever. He's still searching for more Mandalorians. He drops fra- the, the, the passenger, I believe is all that she's known as, 
uh, off with her husband. They live a, a happy little life. He meets, he, he goes off on a ship to try to find more Mandalorians. He gets ambushed because why doesn't he expect that at this point? It's happened literally every time someone's been like, hey, there's some Mandalorians. No, just kidding. We're going to try to kill you and steal your armor. There, are, there aren't any. Uh, only this time there are. There are three headlined by Clone Wars' own Bo-Katan. So, Jay referenced bringing animated characters into the live action. Uh, this is a much more much more preferred version of that. Yes. Because they're not spiders. And it was they're... interesting, too, because it's the voice actor is actually playing her role. I don't know that I knew that. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, so Bo-Katan and her two, I mean, sidekicks is the wrong word, but it's not the most wrong word compatriots i'll use that one it's much more complimentary they rescue mando and then they rescue him again and then they're like hey uh we rescued you we uh need you to help with this thing so he brings the child back to uh the passenger i mean they might have eaten the child might have eaten more of their kids when they weren't looking i don't know i mean i feel like that at that point that's on them so bo-katan wants mando to help with a heist of an imperial arms shipment boy do they Yes, they do. They they land on the ship, straight up assassinate one of the stormtrooper guards, uh, but the other one they don't get him fast enough, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, there's Mandal, there's pirates." He says, "There's pirates." They start freaking out. They lock the they lock the doors, which obviously worked uh, because they just the Mandalorians just jumped off the ship and left because they locked the doors. Uh, no, that didn't work. They broke into the ship and killed everyone. No exaggeration. Think, yeah, no, the, literally everyone not. A Mandalorian on that ship died. Except for the captain of the ship, he killed two of his own men. And then he also killed himself. Which, that was very interesting, because, um, you know, he's being drilled on some questions. You know, tell me where the thing is. I, I don't know if she uses the word specifically. No, she does. She says Darksaber, doesn't she? I don't know if she says it to him initially. She's like, where is it? Because he knows. So the captain... He's flying, he's flying, he's, and he realizes, like, he, he's on his, he's on his Zoom call with his boss, and he's like, hey, boss, uh, could we get some help? We're getting, we're in a bad way, X, Y, and Z has already happened, and the boss is, uh, Gus from Breaking Bad, yep. who we know is still alive at the end of season one, and he's like, Moff Gideon, you mean to tell me they're already in control of however much of the ship it was at that point and he's like yeah so moff gideon is like nah you're on your own you know what to do crash the ship kill everybody so he shoots the two pilots and just nose dives the ship so moff gideon knows that they're that it's mandalorians and he knows what they want because he has it he has the dark saber and that's what bo katan wants so she asks and she had it she had it at the end of rebels yeah yeah. Sabine, Sabine gave it to her. Right. So that's what I'm looking forward to because the the ship doesn't crash. They do manage to ride it, or do they just jump off? No, no. they they keep on the ship. Uh, Mando jumps. Mando off. jumps off. Um, uh, but I did want to point out though something new that we see that has never been shown before is the the captain of the ship is you know being threatened. And, you know, they're they're drilling him on questions. And he basically is like, you're never going to win. And then has basically a cyanide capsule, but it's electricity. 
And it's so like, he bites like down lightning. on it and it like, yeah, it like force lightnings his brain and then he just dies. And I was like, it's well, a, that's new. We've never seen something like that before. It's effectively the same scene from the beginning of Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. When Richard Armitage is the, the Nazi from the submarine and Cap's like, oh, you have a submarine? That's cute. And he, like you said, he bites the cyanide and dies. It's, it's the same. It's roughly the same. But like you said, we hadn't seen the Empire with that. No, we didn't know that that was a thing until then. So, I I don't know. To me, it almost just showed, like, how... Fanatical. um, Yeah, well, how important this is. And, and, you know, this information is obviously very secret. I will say another thing they addressed in in this episode. So, one of the big things for Mando has been, um, you know, never take your helmet off. Always live according to the code. And for those of you who have watched Clone Wars or Rebels, you know that Bo-Katan takes her helmet off. You know that that's not a part of their Mandalorian culture. And they they talk about that in this show because he, like, freaks out on them when they take their helmets off after they rescue him, which is very ungrateful of him. But that's, you know, just how he is. Bo-Katan talks about, like, oh, he's, he's, one, of, he's one of those. What was it, like, from The Watch or something? Yeah, I don't know. It almost sounds like it maybe was a, he's a part of Death Watch. It was a, like a cult. No, even they took their helmets off. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, they made it sound like it was more of a cult and not so much of like a true Mandalorian. They didn't. They didn't say that they weren't true Mandalorians, but they did say it was a cult. So it's almost like a we're we're both here, but we got here differently type of situation because like it's a it's a very dangerous road to walk when you basically say like oh yeah you're from a cult that doesn't really work. He kind of he's I feel like he starts to realize the the galaxy is bigger than his culvert yeah you know so as he as he travels as he goes to all these places as he meets all these people it's it's just going to challenge him more and hopefully we see a lot more growth um because at the end of the episode bo katan gives him the information to try to find a jedi on this other planet on in this other city and she straight up name drops ahsoka ahsoka tano so I don't know if it's next episode. I don't know if it's two episodes. I doubt it at this will be point, next episode. At this point, I just hope it's this season. Yeah, yeah. That we get Ahsoka. And I didn't catch the name, but she said that it was like a forested. She said forested something, and did she it was say not, it was not indoor? Well, I know it wasn't indoor because she says the name of the planet, but did she say forested moon? I thought so. Okay. I think I still have that tab open. So or forested planet. Yeah. So straight up says Ahsoka's name. So we know that she's coming. Probably won't be next episode. I doubt they would do that. You know they're gonna want us to. So I. It's probably gonna be either the next episode or maybe even two episodes away. It's a forest planet of Corvus. Huh. Okay. I don't know if they've. I'm gonna Google that and see if it's been in other stuff because that could be a, a reference to something. Search Google for the forest planet of Corvus. Oh, did you know Wikipedia is a thing? Yeah. I oh, didn't yeah. know it was a thing. I'm on Wikipedia all the time. That's amazing. I may have written half of it. I'm kidding. I, um, haven't, I haven't put anything in there. Nope. First, uh, this is the the only entry on the Corvus page on Wikipedia. Is, okay. Is this. So. There you go. So this episode, much better than the previous episode. The other episode was definitely just filler to me. They 
They didn't want to immediately go into the next thing, which really kind of irritates me. I wish they would just not do that because it, it, it really didn't do anything like he didn't expand on anything. It didn't tell us more about anything. It just kind of I mean, yes and no. I feel like it's, it's I mean, we did. Um... We did find out that the child has his own language because he starts speaking to Mando in his own language and Mando understands him. I feel like there there are things to learn from the Spider episode, like how Mando does have this reputation with even the the Rebel, the Republic forces. So his his galaxy wide reputation is growing. Um, I don't know if that's for good or for bad. So I'm kind of worried about that. Uh, you learn about like him helping the passenger because he genuinely does his best. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it was it was more filler than the heiress was the heiress i think can go down as one of i think it i think it will ultimately go down as one of the stronger episodes of this season i agree because i would put it on a scale of one to ten which is what we've been doing Uh, i would put it at like maybe a seven it's a it's at least a solid eight for me i just think they did the mandalorian so well and it's it's so the the cg it's a it's a hundred percent cg essentially Mm mm-hmm um, and it, it looked really good. So I think that is the that is this Mandalorian update. Check it out. It's on Disney Plus. Not a sponsor. Dude, imagine. <laughs> imagine being <laughs> sponsored by Disney Plus. Hey, I you know, I'm not saying I would sell my soul to the devil, but I I, I still wouldn't. Disney Plus would be a really awesome sponsor to have. And yes, I was referring to Disney Plus as the devil. Or Disney in general. What? um next we have our topic for today which is skyfall 2012 james bond it was the third movie of the daniel craig saga we had casino royale and then we had quantum of solace or solace depending on i've always said solace i always said solace too i heard somebody say solace one time and so I thought, have I been saying it wrong this whole time? And then we had Skyfall. So 2012, starring Daniel Craig, Judy Dench, Ralph, Javier, Rafe Fiennes, Javier Bardem, yes, Naomi Harris, Ben Wishaw was Q. So this is I saw I saw on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. It was one of those like kind of challenge things, and it said, um, "Describe your favorite movie as." badly as possible i was thinking about it at this point and i i came to the realization at this point in my life i think skyfall is my favorite movie the way i would describe skyfall terribly is british man has a bad day at the office comes back from the dead metaphorically only to have an antiquated version of himself kill his boss and burn his house down because it (laughs) describes the movie poorly yeah um based on that just kind of expanded a little the movie starts they're in Istanbul. There, there's something. It's, it's kind of the same situation as the first Mission Impossible movie, in the sense of there's this list of all the identities of covert operatives around the world, and if it falls into the wrong hands, they'll all die. And it falls into the wrong hands because it's the beginning of the movie. They need a plot. In the in the fight to try to regain the list, Bond is shot off the top of a moving train and lands in a river. And uh, it's it's assumed he's dead because he's dead. No one survives that because <laughs> it's a heck of a fall 
after being shot twice, actually. Because he gets shot by the villain, and he gets shot by um, one of the one of the agents who was, who was with him. Lives, because he's James Bond, and he's, like, living the beach life, just drinking away, not having a liver, because he's James Bond. MI6 headquarters in London is blown up. It's hacked, and they don't know what to do, and it blows up. And he sees that on the news. I guess I have to go be not dead. <laughs> so so he shows back up in M's living room, just sitting in the dark. No one knows how long he was there. It could have been a couple of days. Kind of jump scares her, which was enjoyable, because Judy Dench is great in everything, except cats, uh, because no one was good in cats. So he, he tries back, or tries to get his job back. He tries to pass all the the shooting tests and the the physical tests m says he passes uh he does not pass his numbers are terrible but he's got moxie uh he's just got what is it what is it sports people talk about he's got intangibles you know the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet uh for all you sports people you'll get my joke there so they send they send him on missions he is damaged emotionally physically mentally he is not great uses a knife and pries a bullet out of his shoulder because that's something that real people do he goes to what is he he goes to tower first and he has this very cool um like mirror fight with a sniper almost that's i thought right. the doesn't, cinema... he, doesn't he go to beijing and he's in the he's in the tower i didn't know what city it was yeah, I think it's Beijing. It's it's definitely an eastern city. I I could see it being Beijing. I can't I can't remember, but yeah, he has that awesome fight in like the basically the Hall of Mirrors, uh, in the skyscraper. This movie. One thing I loved about this movie is the the filming, the cinematography, cinematography. Is thank you. So good. Yeah, really good in this movie. Yeah, he he gets some really cool weapons from Q, fingerprint gun. What else does he get? I can't even remember. Gets a lot of really cool stuff. Um, he gets a homing device because, I mean, I feel like that's pretty standard at this point. The Walther PPK and a homing device is like the James Bond starter kit. I don't Honestly, I don't think he gets much else because he travels pretty light. Yeah, he does. Um, he kills the sniper. He makes eye contact with a mysterious woman across the way because he's James Bond. And he loots the, the sniper to discover where he was going. And it's this casino in Macau, I think. So he goes to the casino and he tries to cash out the chips and everyone's like, they're going to kill you. And he's like, they can try uh, because he's James Bond and he's got the moxie. He wins, uh, obviously. So he he finds the lady and he she's a Bond girl. So they um, have a moment. There's a nice little musical thing and they fade to black. Guess what happens? So they wake up. They're going to some remote island somewhere. And that's where the villain is. I honestly don't even remember his name. I just know he's Javier Bardem, and he's such a good villain. Silva. So he he captures Bond, and he reveals to him, like, I'm the hacker. Uh, I used to be you. I got trapped and all this stuff. You're expendable. M doesn't love you, and you shouldn't love England. And all this stuff, Bond's just like, I mean, yeah, but England. Um, so he's kind of that blindly patriotic. Like, he, he hears him, but he does he doesn't hear him, you know? He lives long enough. He gets rescued. His homing device is activated. Well, he and then they capture the villain, but they put him in the big glass box, which anytime they put a villain in a big glass box, it's never a good thing. He's usually going to get out or he wants if he got caught that easily, then that means he wanted to be there. 
which is exactly what happened. MI6 to put them underground, and when they went underground, they put him in this box that he knew about because he used to be MI6. And also, while he's in the glass box, he tells a story about how when he was captured and he tried to bite his cyanide tooth, like we referenced earlier in The Mandalorian, and it didn't work. And it melted his face. Yep. And he takes out his prosthetic jaw, and it's terrifying. <laughs> it really and is. It, his and face it, just, like, deflates. It collapses, yeah. So then he he talks, I think he talks with it out a little bit, and it's like, oh, put that back in, please. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. So he puts it back in, and there's a sound effect, and it's just kind of like, ugh. It's like, an, it's like anti-ASMR. Then, guess what? He escapes because he's a villain, and he has this incredibly well-thought-out plot. Uh, so he goes, and he tries to assassinate M while she's in court, because she's in court. Um, the, the public has lost faith in her, and obviously she's the one at fault. Definitely not anyone else, all her fault. So uh, Ray Fiennes is there. He is, his name is Mallory. He's been there the whole time, actually. He's just kind of this mildly antagonistic character to Bond, because he realizes Bond passed none of the tests. He should not be anywhere close to the field. And he, you know, he's a rule follower. So he realizes, following the rules, you shouldn't be there. And Bond doesn't like that, because Bond doesn't like rules. And they get in this courtroom shootout, Bond and Mallory combine to save the day. They have a little like head nod sequence. You know how you know how guys do entire conversations, no words, just like head nods and glances. Um, <laughs> so Bond escapes with M in the Goldfinger car, and they're like, "Oh, where are we going? We have to get off the grid." And Bond goes like, "I know a place," and they leave uh, breadcrumbs. I think is the term that they use with Q. Find you know, find us here, whatever. They go to bond's ancestral home in scotland which is called skyfall and the thing that was most challenging it's the title of the movie the thing that was most challenging about that for me with skyfall is it establishes bond as a person right not as an identity because kind of the thought before because bond has been so many different actors is because bond is an alias you know you you go through all of the testing and you Instead, like, John Smith becomes James Bond. James Bond is an entity. He's not a person. In Skyfall, it establishes James Bond as a person. Right. And that that was very challenging to kind of rectify, I don't know, 40, 50 years worth of material to this one excellent, excellent movie. This has all been the same guy. Yeah. So they they get to Skyfall, and they realize they have nothing. And he has an army. So they have a, a caretaker, is Albert Finney, I believe. And they mm-hmm. have like they have a shotgun and they have a bunch of nails. And they basically they basically turn it into like Home Alone. If, if Home Alone and Saw were a movie. Um, they just booby trap the house with murder. Yeah, you can almost like imagine like cartoon noises as the guys are getting shot. It's like boing ding. Honestly, I wonder if that exists on YouTube, and if it does, I'm I want to sure watch there it. Is. Uh, because it is, it's you know the the villains try to enter the house, and the villains uh, they they don't enter the house for a while. They do because it's you know wave defense. There's always going to be more. They escape through a tunnel that, of course, the old house in the middle of nowhere has a tunnel to the other building in the middle of nowhere. 
And it's like, oh, I wonder where this tunnel's going to come out. Which Probably... is oddly a church. Yeah. A small chapel. Because yeah. so, I guess that was a thing a long time ago, was to have your own chapel. Your, on family, the... your family church. Yeah. yeah. So it's the, the end of the movie. M has been shot. She has just soldiering on. They get to the chapel. It's... Uh... It's the end of an era because obviously, you know, there's a there's a Bond movie after this. It's called Spectre. It's not that great. Um, so you know Daniel Craig lives. This is the end of Judy Dench as M. And it's so sad because she was so good. And it's this very bittersweet, very sad moment even inside of the movie when you realize like, oh, oh, she's like... She's actually gone. Yeah, she's not like comic book dead. She's like dead dead. And then, of course... You know, everybody at this point had, there had been rumors that this was going to be his last movie. Judy uh, M. leaves him a gift, leaves Bond a gift. And it's this little bulldog, uh, English bulldog, kind of looks like um, Churchill. They open the gift and they're like, what does this mean? And then he's like, means that I'm not done yet. You know, meaning like, I'm not ready for a desk job. Like I still got stuff to do. So it just was kind of confirming that he was going to be coming back for another one. Yeah, and I don't know. I need to rewatch Spectre just because maybe it's not as bad as I remember it being because I remember it being pretty bad. But I also might remember it being pretty bad because Skyfall reset my expectations for what a Bond movie could be. I don't know how how you feel about it. I imagine you don't feel as strongly about it as I do. Um, But Skyfall, to me, is the epitome of what an action movie can be because uh, it's like like we referenced earlier the cinematography is incredible sam mendez is a former academy award-winning director um so when he signed on for a bond movie everyone was kind of like okay we'll we'll see how this goes and it's critically for me the best bond movie well, it reset, you're right, it did, it, it reset what a Bond movie could be, because up until that point, the Bond movies had just been, here's your mission, here's your fun gadgets, here's your pretty ladies, and go kill people. Like, that was essentially a Bond movie. Like, that's what happened every single movie. Mm-hmm. In fact, like, this is the first movie that we could review that was a Bond movie where the plot didn't feel like it was just the same thing every time because this movie took a Bond movie and took it to a whole new level and had you realize oh okay this is something that could mean a lot more like it doesn't just have to be bang bang explosions like we can actually put some meat in here and make it actually sit with you for a little while like you finish the movie and you reflect on it and you're like wow that was not only was that a fun movie but it like made you think and made you question what it was that you thought a bond movie could be absolutely another thing to that i feel like i need to bring up out of necessity uh bond movies always have a bond song they get typically a, a mildly to very popular artist of the time record the song. The song is going to be done over the credits. Credits are done at the beginning, and if you pay attention to the credits, it explains everything that happens in the entire movie. Yes, it does. My 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 Tuesday night movie crew and I recently watched uh, Goldfinger, and it's the same phenomenon. 
the whole plot is explained at the beginning. Um, a music artist of the time has a song. It plays over the credits. The credits explain the movie. I was the only one who had seen Goldfinger, which shocked me. Um, so I knew, like, yeah, these are all the things that are going to happen. And Skyfall is no different. The song Skyfall, my, my wife loves Adele, one of her favorite music artists. Skyfall, sung by Adele, is the best Bond, Bond song of my era. It's a, it's a great song. The credits are done very well. The score, like, everything about this movie is good. The cast is incredible. The cinematography is great. The sound, the score of it, the the music behind it is wonderful. The scenery is spectacular. That's what you expect from a Bond movie. You know, they they go to all these locales. They do all these incredible things. There are well-choreographed fight scenes. There's adventure. There's not really romance in this one because it's a, it's a heavier plot. It is, yeah. Like, to me, it not only... I know I said it reset what a Bond movie could be, but it's the it's a perfect action movie because there is that mix of excitement and adrenaline and thinking. Are you are you do you have do you have more? Or do you want to go on to rating? Because I can roll right into rating. Yeah, let's roll right into rating. So I have said previously, I hate giving tens. I abhor giving tens because the more tens you give, the more it demeans what a ten is. To me, Skyfall, it's a 10. It's, I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie in the same way like Citizen Kane is a perfect movie because they're incredibly different. But if you compare Skyfall Bond movies as the ranking, if you compare it to action movies as a whole as a ranking, it stands up not only incredibly well in comparison, but it's. I feel like it stands alone in comparison. So because of how outstanding it is to its peers... In addition to how well it is in a vacuum, Skyfall to me gets a 10. I am, I think I'm also going to go ahead and give it, you know, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. You're pulling a John. And the only reason I'm going to do that is because a lot of the Bond movies are standalone. Like you don't have to have seen previous Bond films to understand what's going on but that's one thing this movie you really need to have seen the previous movies to get to this one they aren't referred to directly the the previous movies but they tie into this one almost in the same vein as like a like a sitcom almost because like you can sit down and watch the office or brooklyn 99 or friends these these shows that people love and like you said each episode is theoretically independent but they're informed on what happened previously and in that sense i feel like that's that's almost something that started with daniel craig bond movies because up Mm -hmm. until then they were just like uh hey here's you know two hours of independent fun not relating to anything else but starting with quantum of solace you, you can't say it started with casino royale it was his first one but starting with Quantum of Solace, they did build off... Because the whole plot of Quantum of Solace revolves around what happened in Casino Royale. And then obviously it just kind of escalates from there. So I think that's an incredibly valid point to bring up, especially with with the history of the Bond franchise. Because even, you know, like um, Pierce Brosnan... Bro- Bronzman? Bronzman? Brosnan. That's what he does when he tans. He becomes Bronze Man. <laughs> Did I say it right the second time? Brosnan? I, I don't Bro- know. Brosnan? We all know who you're talking about. Anyway, that guy. His movies, for example, 
they don't connect in the same way that Craig's do. They are each their own separate thing. Nothing crosses over from previous. I mean, there might be some like, I know there was, um, the point is, is that uh, this is the first time where they actually all connect and you really want to watch them all in order. Um, so that's why I called them the, the Daniel Craig saga, because they really are just kind of standalone. Uh, but at the same time, they tie into, especially the newest one, ties into later ones down the road with like older actors so i don't know the timeline is is confusing too but we won't even get into that the point is it's a good movie and definitely should go watch it so uh between the two of us it's a 9.5 definitely worth a watch or you know two or five yeah i don't so i think i i referenced how the the people that i went to see goldfinger had never seen goldfinger before I don't think they've seen Skyfall before either, and they listen to the pod, so I need them, I need everybody to get on the same page before we all listen to this episode. Yeah, they need to catch up on that. It's available lots of places. It's not available for free anywhere, but you can definitely rent it for a pretty reasonable price. I've got the DVD if you want to borrow it. Yeah, I've got a Blu-ray somewhere. I don't know if it made its way upstairs yet or not. I think it did. We were originally, so when No Time to Die was going to release in March, we were going to review Skyfall then um, just as a lead up to the new one, and then it got delayed, and we kind of, not frantically, but we made the decision, like, we need to do something else. It just got to a point now, and I was like, no, I, I love this movie. We need to talk about this movie more. Yeah. So. Well, very good. All right. And now, to end the episode... What you doing? What you doing? Uh, well, not a whole lot has changed. Um, the school system that I work at uh, was delayed another week. So we're finally going back on Monday. Uh, so I really haven't been doing a whole lot. Uh, just playing the same old games. Uh, we did we did watch Enola Holmes on Netflix uh, last night. It was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very unique take on the Sherlock Holmes stories, but the ending, there was a really big question that never got answered, but it was not set up in a way where we're going to answer this in the sequel. It was just like forgotten. They, yeah. It's like the mom runs away. Oh, wow. Spoiler. Well, that's kind of shown in the trailer, so that's not really a spoiler. <laughs> but the end comes, and, and it doesn't really answer that big question of why. And it just kind of just stops. And you're like, well, all right. But the rest of it was good. I hate when movies do that, dude. When they don't end, they just stop. Because the first one that I remember uh, frustrating me when I was younger is Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, yeah. Which ultimately is fine because it's known that there are subsequent movies. Right. So in that sense, it's okay if it stops because it's going to pick back up. But in movies when it's like kind of vague, is this a one-off, will there be another one? It's terrible for a movie to end like that. Here's a fun fact for you for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. They were not written as a trilogy. They were written as one big book, but they it was too long, and so they made him break it up into pieces. And so that's why it, it really does, the book just ends with Fellowship of the Ring. 
because really you're supposed to continue on. That's why people have always argued like the two towers, what are the two towers? Because the two towers is not directly referred to in the book. And the reason like the reason why that's argued and the reason like the the reason why there's really no answer is because he didn't write it going, oh, well, in this book, I'm going to talk about the two towers. It was just a continuation of the last book. So they had to come up with some sort of title. So they were like, well, the it's kind of referred to that there's two towers. So let's just call it the two towers. Interesting. So, I would not have go. thought about that. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. What about you, John? Um, well, as I, um, as I mentioned earlier, Cold War just came out. So that's going to take most of my gaming time. I started playing with a couple of guys for um, a FIFA Pro Club, which is just a dynamic inside of the online community. You you play with people online on the same team, and you go against other people who are doing the same thing. That's fun. So, like, mon- I think it's Monday nights. We're going to keep doing that going forward. Last Monday, we had, I think, five of us online all together which was a really interesting experience because we're just, you know, it's the same thing as like other, not like sports sports because it's FIFA. It's not a real sport, but it's just like learning each other's tendencies and how to play with, uh, like who's going to do what. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's really cool. Cause I've never got into that aspect of FIFA before. And then, I mean, Mandalorian, there's not really a whole lot else. Honestly. Um, I watch, some people on Twitch playing Valhalla and Miles Morales, but I have no urgent plans on playing either of those. So me neither. It's definitely it's definitely just watching people play them at this point, just trying to learn them vicariously. Well, we want to hear from you as well. Uh, so feel free to reach out to us, and uh, you can follow us on our various sources. I can't remember what they are. I think if you listen to your heart, you'll find that our social media has been inside of you the whole time. If you would like to follow us on Facebook, you can follow us at facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Oh, it's coming back to me now. (laughs) If you would like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at they didn't ask us. You can also email us if you would like to have any questions, comments, or concerns for us. That's they didn't ask us at gmail.com. No punctuation in that at all. And then, of course, you can send us uh, a voice message if you would like on our anchor page, anchor.com slash they didn't ask us. Um, I had been told that we had a recording on there, but I looked and I didn't see it. So I don't know if it maybe got Ru- deleted Ru-ro. or didn't, maybe it didn't record right or didn't save it. I'm not sure. Uh, but you can always record yourself and email it to us if you would like, uh, just as a little MP3 or uh, something like that. And we can always get your voice messages that way. Uh, if you want us to, we can play that voice message on our episode uh, and then you'll be featured and you'll be able to hear yourself and brag to your friends. Hey, I was on a podcast. Uh, feel free to do that as well. You can follow me on Instagram. My personal page is the nerd is underscore in. I didn't do, I used the underscore so that it wouldn't say the nerd I sin because that would just be hilarious. <laughs> you can't it's, it's really a, fix that. <laughs> it's a different message than you'd be really wanting it, to give it, off. It is. Yeah. 
Uh, but feel free to follow me. You can see some of my personal stuff. I've been posting a lot about my new baby. He just turned three months old. What a guy. Uh, just a few, well, let's see, about a week and a half ago. So that's exciting. Uh, we got the holidays coming up. So we'll be, uh, we do have a bonus episode. We are going to be reviewing Green Lantern, The Darkest, no, yeah, The Darkest Night. Blackest Night. Blackest Night, uh, which is one that I've read before, and I believe you have too, right, John? I, I have. Yeah, I need I to read it again. Kind of like I talked about in our uh, comic book recommendation series, Blackest Night is a Green Lantern event, and they are there are two, actually, prologue books for Green Lantern. But so we... I will probably read the entirety of the Green Lantern Blackest Night saga. See, I will just uh, read the main event. The we'll come at it from two different ways. Yes, and then we are also, with that, we are going to do a Dreamcast because they don't have a movie or an animated movie of this. So we're going to do our own casting, which um, I actually have talked to a listener of the show recently, and he gave me a few suggestions on what that should be. So... Oh, that's not fair. I'm going to have to come up with mine all on my own. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I won't use his, but I will uh, bring those <laughs> up that he mentioned those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for me. John, you want to plug in your yeah, I'll, personal I'll, stuff? I'll plug my endeavors. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at uh, jmuller8332 um, with, with Nashville SC still being in the playoffs. Twitter is a lot of uh, pro NSC content. I asked, uh, I asked Twitter the other day, I said, does water have a taste or only when it tastes bad? Um, so you can expect more of that content uh, if you follow me on Twitter. Life's big questions. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I'm going to be going through largely Cold War and Warzone on my Twitch channel for now. So if that's something that intrigues you, let me know. See you in chat, hopefully. As always, thanks for thanks for the listen. We appreciate all of you spending your time with us, whether it's in the car or chilling at home. Uh, just thank you so much for, for listening to the pod. Jay, I'll defer to you. This is your one of your moments. Thank you. Share, share us with your friends. Uh, we'd love to get more listeners. Uh, but until we meet back with you again, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a long-time listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.